Ah, 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 ah. Don't touch that dial. Listen to Blondie, brought to you by the makers of Camel Cigarettes. For extra flavor, get Camel. Extra! For extra mildness and extra coolness, get Camel. Extra! For extra smoking for fact, get Camels, the cigarette that gives you the extras. Before we drop over to the Bumstead house to visit Chick Young's famous characters, Blondie and Dagwood, a word from the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Ladies and gentlemen, the story on camel cigarettes is short and to the point. Slow-burning camels give you the extras. Extra mildness, extra... Pardon me, Mr. Goodwin. Did you say extra mildness? Well, yes. Camels are more than mild. You see, their slower way of burning means freedom from the drying and irritating qualities of excess heat and too fast burning. Means extra mildness. Camels also give you extra coolness, extra flavor, and extra smoking for fat. In recent impartial laboratory tests, camels burn 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brand tested, slower than any of them. And that Excuse means... Excuse me, Mr. Goodwin. That's uh, extra smoking per pack. Oh, 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 I see. Camels burn 25% slower than the average. So... Yes, that's the figure, and that means the smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Camels are the cigarette of costlier tobaccos. Penny for penny, camels are your best cigarette buy. And now for our weekly visit with the Bumstead. Tonight, on the living room table, we find a pair of tickets that read the J.C. Dillers Construction Company's annual get-together and social, dining, dancing, and mammoth entertainment at mid-one. It looks like the Bumsteads were going out for a big evening, but here comes Dagwood jumping out of the kitchen with one shoe in his hand. Here I come, Mommy. We'll have to hurry here. Did you find the other shoe? Yeah. Uh, it was in the tool chest uh, out in the kitchen. Oh, what on earth was it doing in there? Just lying there. Uh, I must have been a little absent-minded that time. What time? The time I couldn't find the tack hammer and use my shoe to tack down that little place in the linoleum. Oh, I never saw such a man using his good shoe to hammer tack. Just a heel, honey. It's my patent leather shoe, and I don't get to wear it much anyhow. Well, now that you found it, why don't you put it on? I was going to, honey. I was just going upstairs to put it on. Uh, can't you put it on down here? I usually put on my shoes in our bedroom, and just because we're going out to that social... I'm not going to get all excited and try any new experiment. Oh, Dagwood, I'm so glad you're wearing a black tie tonight. I'm wearing more than that. I'm wearing a stiff shirt. Of course, Dagwood. But black tie is a polite way of saying that it's kind of semi-formal and the men wear dinner coats. Oh, you mean tuxedo? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, most of the guys had to rent theirs, and uh, they think Mr. Divers is getting too high hat. Well, I guess if he gives everybody a free party, the least they can do is to dress properly for it. Now, hurry, Dagwood, yeah. and don't forget to put on your collar. Yeah. Hey, that reminds me. Where's my back collar button? Oh, it's in the little box in your top bureau drawer. The one with your question. No, it nope. isn't. I looked in there. Oh, company. Just when we're going out. Oh, I'll answer the door. You go hide. I mean, go upstairs and don't let anyone see you have to. Oh, I can't get dressed till I find that collar button. Well, look in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. Where was my hair pin? Well, look in the shirt you're wearing. Oh, why, Mr. Gibbons, come in. That's right. Hey, how does that get in here? Huh? Does he mean me? Oh, no, Mr. Divis. He needs his collar button. Was it in your shirt, Dadwood? Yeah. Uh, who was that, Mr. Mr. Divis. Yeah. 
He ought to be right down at the hall now to welcome the talent. Oh, uh, is Dagwood on the entertainment committee? Honestly, is it? Did he tell you? Why, no. But of course, Dagwood is so modest about what he does. You mean he forgot as usual. Well, I only appointed Dagwood the committee for entertainment because I thought you'd help him to figure out the vaudeville act. Oh, are we going to have vaudeville? Well, I hope so. I gave him $300 to buy talent with. Well, I'm sure you'll have a wonderful show for that money. You're very generous, Mr. Dibbers. A fool and his money are soon parted. I start out to have sandwiches and coffee down at the warehouse. I end up by hiring a lodge hall, complete with a stage and dressing rooms, and a ten-piece band of music that I have to feed, along with 400 employees. Did you ever see musicians eat? No, but I suppose they do. Worse than a swarm of locusts. And that's not all. What else, Mr. Dibbers? The actors. Actors never eat before a show. They wait till afterwards. And then how they eat. It must be very expensive, but it'll make a lot of goodwill. Then there's a guest, the mayor and the chief of police. Goodness, are they coming? Yeah, the mayor's coming to watch the show, and the chief's coming to keep his eye on the mayor. Two more big eaters. Well, uh, Dagwood and I could have a little something before we leave home. No, there won't be time. Just see that Dagwood doesn't beat the mayor to the table, that's all. Where is Dagwood? Oh, he'll be down any minute now. Uh, don't worry, Mr. Dibbers. I know everything will be just wonderful. And I bet Dagwood's vaudeville show will have the audience laughing from start to finish. Yeah, but I want to make sure they're laughing with us and not at us. Okay. <laughs> well, tonight, tonight. I'm glad you realize it. That vaudeville show all lined up? Oh, sure. Uh, sure. I want to double-check you on that, Bob Uh, Will you excuse me, Mr. Dibbers? I want to be all ready to go when you and Dad would get through your talk. Yeah, go ahead. Now, Bob huh? tell me about those acts. Well, they, uh, they're perfectly good acts, but I, I want to surprise you. Now, listen, Bob huh? this is no time to play peekaboo. I've got my reputation of $300 at stake here. Let's get down to brass tacks. Well, like I told you... Oh, Bob said. How many times must I tell you to save time and money by using business language in business matters? Don't say, like I told you. Say, as per our recent conversation. Now, wait. Here's our memos on the subject. Oh, yes. Memo one. From JCD to DB. Subject, fun and frolic. Text. In our conversation of even dates, what have you done to provide entertainment for forthcoming social? I want something lively. Like an old Carroll show, only more dignified. You may spend 300 Well, I did. Memo 2. From DB to JCD. Subject vaudeville. Text. Dear Mr. Dillers. Listen, Mr. Dillers. I haven't done anything much yet because I've been busy. But there are lots of vaudeville actors around this town. And we'll get you up a show like a big-time vaudeville. Only probably better if they're good and rested. And they'll be raring to go. Yeah, well, I... Memo number 3. Uh-huh. JCD to DB. Oh. How is that show coming on? Memo number 4. DB to JCD. What show? Memo number five. That vaudeville show, you dope. Yeah. Refer to previous memos under the head fun and frolic and report at once what progress has been made. Well... Memo number six. Oh, that show. It'll be all right. That's all I can get out of you in nine more memos. Yeah, but in memo number 15... In number 15, you say, don't worry, everything's all right. Yeah, it is. Now, listen. Have you or have you not lined up a vaudeville show as per your promise to me? Oh, sure, but uh, I can't tell you the names of the acts as per my promise to them. Well, they must be fine acts if they have to keep it a secret. Well, see, these people were big names, and if it got out that they were working for this kind of money... Well, what's the matter with my money? Well, there isn't much of it, uh, not for big names. Oh, 
Oh, they're really big names, eh? You bet. You'll be surprised. Oh. Now, listen, does, uh, does one of those names begin with a P? Huh? P.J.? Now, don't try to find out, Mr. Diddy. Well, I was just hoping one of them was a good blackface comedian, like Phil Jotham. Ever since I was a boy, I've liked blackface comedians. Well, I wish I could tell you, Mr. Diddy, but I can't. Oh, I insist on knowing at least one of those acts, Bum said. Well, if I tell you one, you want to know them all. No, I promise. Just tell me the name of your headline. Oh, well, okay, just that one. It's uh, uh, Sparkle. Uh, Sparkle? Sure, uh, Sparkle the Great. Oh, Sparkle the Great, eh? Uh-huh. What's he do? Yeah, well, he's a fire eater. Yeah, but listen, rather... What? A fire eater? Uh-huh. Now, what kind of a headliner is that? Every carnival for 20 years has had a fire eater. A fire eater wouldn't be a headliner on a dog and pony show. Who wants to see a fire eater? I do. Now, you would. Now, if that's your feature act, the rest of the program must be a sad list. It is not. It's very high class. A lot of singing and all. Oh, singing, eh? Well, I like singing. You, you like the whole thing. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's getting off the Yeah, look at the time. Come on, Bumstead. We've got to get down there. Oh, wait a minute. Dagwood, huh? have you been lying around in your dress clothes? Well, I was trying to think where my other shoe was, and I kind of stretched out on the couch a minute. Yeah. So did Daisy. Huh? And now you're covered with dog hair. I'll have to brush you off. I can't wait for any nonsense. I'm going. All I can say to you, Bumstead, uh-huh. is you better get down there and get that show going on time. And it's better be good. Oh, he can slam a door meaner than any man I ever saw. Now hold still, dear, while yes. I dress you. Okay. Mr. Gooder seems quite worried about the entertainment. That's what I know. Golly, he didn't even like Sparkle the Fire Eater. Well, he ought to know that you had to have some low price gas like that to fill out with. Why, sure, and then the... How's that? Uh, low price? Why, yes. Hold still while I get that for you. Yes. Sparkle didn't cost much, did he? Well, not much for a first-class fire eater. Well, yeah, I'd settle for $100. Yes, would. Huh? You only had three hundred. Well, sure, that's uh, that left me two hundred. Uh, well, I wish you'd let me help you do a little bargaining, Dad. Well, wouldn't have done any good. See, Sparkle was retired from the fire eating business and all. I had to coax him to make a comeback. Oh, he's an ex-fire eater. Sure, and look at the money he loses when he closes his shop early. What shop is that, Dad? His barber shop. You mean Sparkle is a barber? Certainly. <laughs> his real name is Tony, but he still eats fire as a hobby. Uh, turn around, dear, while I dust your back. <laughs> One time, Tony gave me a hair thing just by breathing on my neck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have been fun, dear. Now, what else did you buy with the other $200 you had? Oh, I was lucky there, too. I guess you've heard of uh, Helda Skelter, haven't you? No, dear. Well, Helda Skelter was famous. Madam Helda Skelter, the Danish Nightingale. High-class songs and Danish pastry and pastries. Well, that came later after she gave up most of her things. She runs a bakery shop now. It's uh, Miss Granders over on Main Street. Well, it takes you to find out things about people. I never knew that Miss Granders could sing a note. Oh, sure. I got real chummy with her one day over a half a dozen Danish donuts. And uh, she got out her scrapbook and showed me her press notices. Uh-huh. <laughs> the notices said she was a fine singer. Well, then what's she doing making those Scandinavian waffles and things? A secret sorrow. Yeah. Am I all right? Yes, dear. Uh, Dagwood, what secret sorrow? She didn't say, but it uh, drove her off the stage and she wound up in front of the oven. Oh, the poor woman. She must miss the excitement. Oh, the bakery shop isn't dull, she says. She's had a fight not to lose all her money. Oh, she was glad to get that $200. Dagwood, huh? If you if you only had three hundred and you paid you paid it out for just two acts? Well, but they're good acts, honey. That isn't it, Dagwood. How are you going to pay the other acts? I haven't got any other acts to pay. You 
You mean that Mr. Gibbard's mammoth vaudeville show is uh, going to be only two acts? Well, both Sparko and Madame Helder said they had a lot of friends who might drop in and do something, and just for old time's sake. And might yes, drop in? Yeah, most likely they will. Most likely Mr. Gibbard's is going to raise the roof when he hears this. We'd better get down there as fast as we can, Dagwood. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, we go right upstairs here. Oh, Dad, but I don't hear any music or anything going on. No, but this is the place. Oh, look at that sign. Triggers employees get together this way. Yeah, oh, here's another sign, too. Come tonight and bring your girly, but be back on the job tomorrow early. <laughs> oh, look, there's a big sign inside. It says, Gracie Gibbers, Dinner, Dance, and Mammoth Entertainment. Yes. Oh, there's Mr. Gitter's kind of walking up and down. He's facing like a caged lion, yeah. and he hasn't even heard about there being only two accidents. I can't understand why there's no noise in there. Hey, maybe we're early. No, we're a little late. What's going on? Nothing's going on, that's what. There's 400 people in there staring at each other. The party's a flop before it begins. Where's that show you promised me? What? Didn't either of the acts show up yet? Huh? What do you mean, either of the acts? I mean, uh, uh Sparkle or Madame Elder's Gelder. Well, those two are in there, but what about... Oh, oh well, then it's okay. <laughs> huh? Um, I'm afraid, Mr. Divers, that those two acts are the, uh... Show. Yeah, you say it's like this. Wait! Uh, huh? You mean to tell me that those two people are the whole show? You spend $300 on two people who refuse to go on with their acts? Well, I... Uh-huh. Won't go on? Why won't they, Mr. Divers? How do I know? They won't tell me. All I know is they walk in and got one look at each other and the panic was on. They won't work on the same stage. They won't even speak to each other. Dadwood, what on earth? I don't know what it's all about. What did they say? I don't know. Sparkle won't work if Helder Skelter sings and Helder won't work unless Sparkle uh, sparks. Yeah, I, I got again. Mr. Gidder says that he will if she won't, but she won't if she don't. Oh, you mean he won't if she don't, but she will yeah. if he doesn't. No, no, it's like this. He won't if he can, but he doesn't unless he... Well, now you got me doing it. You must be a little confused, Mr. Gidder. Oh, I am, am I? Maybe you can straighten out this business, eh? If they've had some kind of a fight, we'd better take them one at a time. Listen, I'll go see Hilda Shelter, and you men go talk to Sparky. Sure. sure. Oh, gosh. I've got to get the show started. I'll say you have, Bumstead, because if you don't, I'll never hold up my head in my own office again. And you, Bumstead, will... Uh, I know. I know. You see, Mr. Oh, what's that? That's the audience. Waiting for your mammoth hormone show. Turn to the bumsteads in a moment, but first a word from the makers of Camel Cigarettes. You know, friends, when you get right down to it, you smokers yourselves are the final judges of cigarette quality. You're the ones who say, this is the cigarette that gives me what I want. And you probably know from your own observation that more smokers prefer camels than any other cigarette. Now, that's easy to see. Slow-burning camels are the cigarette that gives you the extras, extra mildness, Extra coolness, extra flavor, and extra smoking per pack. Yes, I said extra smoking per pack. 
In recent impartial laboratory tests, camels burn 25% slower than the average of the 15 other of the largest selling brand tested, slower than any of them. That means a smoking plus equal on the average to five extra smokes per pack. Just a minute, Mr. Goodwin. I'd like to say that camel cigarettes give me real smoking economy. I know. You see, where I live, we have an added state cigarette tax. I figure I save the cost of that tax through smoking camels. Yes, and for those of you who live where there are no added taxes, well, the savings are all yours. Friends, turn to slow-burning camels. The cigarette that gives you the extras. And now we return to Messrs. Dagwood and Dithers in the dressing room of Sparkle the Great, alias Tony the Barber. Ah, listen, Sparkle, we don't want the money back, see? We want a show. I've got to have a show. The mayor's out there looking at his watch, and that big crowd is all waiting to see you do your stuff. Oh, listen, where's your professional pride? Where's that so much going on, eh? Your public wants you, Tony. Now, what do you say? Oh, it's no use. He just won't talk. Oh, wait, I think he's going to say something. Look, at last. Mr. Bizzard. Yes, yes. I want to ask you one thing. Oh, sure, anything. What? Mr. Bizzard, who give you that bad haircut, huh? Oh, I give up. Well, I don't. Now, listen to me. I mean, Sparkle, you can't let me down like this. Think of all the times I've taken hair tonics I didn't want in your shop. And don't forget all those hot towels I don't like. If I can stand them just to set the other customers a good example, you might do a little fire-eating act for me just this once. I'm almost a sad, Mr. Bumstead. Yeah. You needn't need a whole lot of fire, just uh, just a couple of lighted matches, huh? Mr. Boomstab, please, you don't understand. Oh. I think I tell you the whole business, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but make it snappy. Uh, please. That's okay. And listen, uh, once upon a time... Oh, it's a fairy story. Uh, go on, Sparkle. Uh, once upon a time, when I'm a big artist, uh. I get it ambitious. What did you get? Ambitious. Go on. Oh. I think I make it an act of great Sparkle and a comb. Yeah, Sparkle and company, yes. So I hired Dieter Helderskelder into my act. Uh-huh. Oh, you hired her to sing in your act? No. I do not hire her to sing. Uh-huh. I hire her to hand me the stuff. All the time she's asking me to let her sing, and all the time I say no. She's an actor. She is a fire eater actor. I'm not a singing actor. So... And once upon a time... Oh, this is where I came in. <laughs> and once upon a time, it comes at the end. Uh, listen. In disaster, I stand on one side of the stage. Held the skull to stand on the other side. She's a holder of these candles. You understand? Sure, sure. Get on with it. Okay. First, I eat four or five of red hot coals. Ah, it is beautiful to see me. Then I drink a little bit of gasoline. Oh, gosh. Then I blow these burning gasoline out of the candle and a poof. And lit the candle, huh? Always I lighted the candle. Oh. Until one night. Yeah, what happened? One night. I eat the red hot coals. I drink the gasoline. I get ready for my poof. And they told the skull to open her mouth and give out with a high tea. She sang? See, she sing. Me, I am surprised. I choked the hot coal, I goggled the gasoline, I poofed it the wrong way, and escorted the piccolo plane. Oh, so that's why you don't like Helder Keller. I love this woman. Love her? Yeah, all the time, my love. I forgive her the high fee, but I cannot forgive the insult. He uh, insulted you, too. Uh, how? Uh, this I cannot speak, no. 
It is too much for what did she say. Ask to her what did she say to me in the hospital. You go ask her, Bob said. I'll stay here and keep working on Fargo. Yeah, I'll go over to Helder's dressing room. Uh, maybe she's already told Blondie. <laughs> I mean, Pauly calls it. He said this to me who loved him. Oh, but Madam Helga, um, Zelda, I mean. He called me Helga. We will be friends, no? Well, I hope so. Uh, perhaps he was just touchy because he was sick after swallowing that fire. He had broiled tonsil. Are you sure that just offering him a place in your act insulted him? Oh, yes. He was so proud. His pride was greater than his love. But if he was too proud to join your act, couldn't you have gone back into his act? No, no, my dear. You see, that one high scene made my fortune. The manager asked me to sing a whole aria. It was a sensation. I was too well known to have hidden myself behind poor Tony Stark. He knew it. He was jealous. Oh, isn't that a shame? And uh, you still love him, don't you? Oh, yes. You know how it is with women. We do not forget. That is why I want him to go on tonight. But you won't go on yourself. Come in. I will go on if he does. But he won't go on if you do. Oh, are you still doing that? Oh, gosh, it's all mixed up, Dagwood. It's kind of professional pride. Yeah, I know. I don't understand how two people who love each other. He, he said that he still cared for me. Sure. Oh, my poor Tony. Hey, listen, how about me? I mean, gosh, I counted on you, Madam Helda. Dad wouldn't even lose his job over this. Oh, I am sorry for you, for myself who need the money, for Tony who needs it too. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Mark, who's sick? You what? I got around him. It cost 50 bucks next year. Oh, he will do his act. Oh, then I am happy. I too will sing, you know? Yes. If you go on first, Sparkle won't open the show. He says it's beneath his dignity. No, I do not mind. When they hear my voice, it is enough. Listen, I'll show you how I will sing. What happened? Gosh, what's wrong? Oh, too late. The excitement is dead for my voice. I cannot sing. Oh, dead with that other time. She didn't sing for weeks. Nerves. Yeah, but she's got to go on first. Or Sparkle won't go on at all. Yeah, maybe we can straighten it out, huh? Don't tell the audience the show will be delayed a little, Mr. Dibley. Oh, I, I just told him it was going on right away. Now, get busy, Bumpstead. Yeah. Give us some nerve comics. Give her a baby's massage. Uh, try your voice again. Maybe it'll come back. Uh, I will try. Hey, what is this noise? Who's the trying to sing? This is Madame Helder. No. She has the voice of gold. What I hear is it's a crow. Her nerves have gone back on her. Her voice is gone. Helga, carissima mia, your voice is gone. My heart is a break for you. Oh, Tony, my Tony. Hey, I thought you didn't want her to sing. Not with me. But she's a great artist. Her voice must be saved. Tony, hold me close. Ah, see, carissima. There, there, my little bird, nesting in the Tony's arms, the soul. Do you understand this, Blondie? Yes, dear. They love each other and they admire each other's art. But well, I told them they'd have to wait. Hey, what's happened? Have they made up? See, I have a whisper to Helga and she has agreed. We will do my act once more. Yes, I will help your act, Tony. Well, that's fine. Here, only one act. Hey, 
if you still need us, then maybe you could still get some of your old vulnerable friends to help out, huh? Yeah, sure. Take a decent list of the names. Phone up. Call up Phil and Jocelyn first thing. Phil yeah. Jocelyn? The great blackface comedian? Oh, boy. Way like tell the audience that. Hey, get on that phone, bump, Ted. Well, I'll tell Okay, I'll call him up. Hey, that sparkle and the company are together again. Oh, please. You mean held out on company. Please. It is my act, the great sparkle. And I am nobody, I suppose. Well, I told them. They applauded. My public is enough for that. Then go to your public. Leave me, leave me like an old shoe. It doesn't love to done. No, I will not go on. Hey, now I try. Go tell the audience there'll be another little delay, Mr. Dithers. We've got to get the name of the act straightened out. Oh, they'll think I'm crazy. Listen, Madam Hilda, it is Sparkle's act, only you, Sparkle. Can't you be as generous as she was? She wouldn't go on unless you did. She wouldn't stand in your way. Oh, she has a great heart. See, I will be generous. The act shall be Sparkle and Hilda. Hilda and Sparkle. Hey, Phil Joslin's coming and bringing a game. He said it'll be great to see the Sparkles again. The Sparkles? <laughs> yes. That's a nice thing. Why don't you use that? Hilda. It is a good idea, no? Yes, I agree. Elder. Sammy. Ah. Please, to me. Well, I told the audience to wait, but they won't wait much longer. Hey, have they made up again? Yeah, look, Mr. Dillard, go tell the audience the show's going on, and no fooling this time. Now, wait. Huh? I want these two to tell me themselves this time. Sure, we'll go on right away. Oh, Tommy, I am so happy. I put in for joy. <laughs> Her voice is back again. Yeah, indeed, I swell. Hey, now she can sing in Tony's act. What? Uh -huh. You keep out of it. Uh -huh. Now it begins again. Huh? Her voice, always her voice, but she will sing in the longer place. Now listen. No, I quit. I'm a through. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye forever. Hey, wait. And you too, Hilda. You both love each other. You both of you gave up your careers to talk to the others. And yet you fight over little things that can be settled so easily. You still think this thing can be settled? Of course it can. Oh, Blondie. Well, let each one of them do their own act. When Sparko does his act, Hilda will be his assistant and not sing. When Hilda does her act, Sparko will be her assistant and not stop fire. A good idea to tell me, no? Please. Tell me. Hilda. Oh. It's me. Listen. The orchestra just came in. I want to tell him to play an overture. Are we really going to have this show? Yes. Good. Well. But wait. Oh. oh. Do not be nervous, my friend. It is only that we have one great finish for the show. And at the end, everybody's on the stage. Sabon. Everybody's the same. Yes. They will sing shine little glove on glimmer. And my Tommy will be the glimmer. See, I am the glowworm. I shoot the sparks all over the place. Okay, but let's get started before we worry about the end. I'm going to buzz the officers. Elder, Carissima, dry those beautiful eyes. You must look your best. Yes, Tony. Are you sure you have plenty of fortune, Tony? Well, Blondie, what? you did it again. Oh. <laughs> I only hope it stays fixed till the show is over. Well... Aren't you interested in what happens to them after the show? Well, oh, after the show, we all eat, honey. I mean, after tonight, it's all over. Do you think they'll get along from now on? Oh, sure. That's it. I've got a great idea for them. 
a combination barbershop and bakery for the floor show of opera and fire eating. Oh, exactly. That's a good idea. And speaking of baking shops and eating. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Well, folks, in just a moment, we'll try and give you a brief synopsis of next week's episode. But first... Extra! Camels give you extra flavor. Extra! Camels give you extra mildness and extra coolness. Extra! Camels give you extra smoking for packs. Try Camels, the cigarette that gives you the extra. Camels bring you three other great shows each week. On Friday night, Camels bring you the Al Pierce program. And on Saturday, there's lunch at the Waldorf with Ilka Chase. You'll find it a new high in daytime entertainment. On Saturday night, tune in and hear Bob Crosby and Mildred Bailey featuring music with a heartbeat. Next Monday night, tune in Blondie again when Dagwood takes up the manly art of self-defense. Well, folks, that's a tip for your radio enjoyment. And for your smoking enjoyment, try Camel, the cigarette that gives you the extras. Blondie is played by Penny Singleton, Dagwood by Arthur Lake. Our Blondie Orchestra is directed by Billy Art, who also creates the special musical effects. This is Bill Goodwin speaking for the makers of Camel Cigarettes. Good night, all. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.